Culture to Christ listeners and new listeners, thank you for joining Aaron and I today in our new episode of the Culture to Christ podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel, like, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe is there as well. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a good topic for you guys. We're going to get into the NBA, the NHL, um, the protests going on for that, and getting into the topic of are you a good person? But before that, Aaron, how's it going today? Good, man. It's crazy. The protest didn't last too long. Nope, didn't. Funny how that works. I wonder if it ended it, anything, right? <laughs> no, it didn't go on for too long. How long did it go for? Uh, what, 24 hours or 48 hours? When it would, they were talking about ending it for, what, the, the full player threatening that they weren't going to play playoffs anymore. It was going to lead into the next season. But apparently the owners got to them and was threatened to remove the salaries. And that's when, you know, people start changing their opinions. And what do you think actually changed in one day from them protesting? Well, so they ended up having a meeting. Like, So the NBA, uh, they were the first ones to, to boycott the games. And then uh, they had a players-only meeting. And, you know, there was a lot of rumors swirling that, you know, the owners were saying, if you guys aren't playing, then we're going to be withholding salaries. And that's what, you know, ended the pro. They all said, okay, we're going to come back and play Saturday which the protests were like Thursday. So, yeah, 24, 40 hours, their uh, their boycott came to an end. And, you know. Isn't that, kind of <laughs> ir- isn't that kind of ironic? Like, based on what they were saying, didn't some players say that they were going to go on for a long time, that we should just end the, end the playoff run? Especially did LeBron. They, and did LeBron claim that we're not playing? Did he statement saying we're not playing, or he doesn't want to play? Uh, Does he run the league? <laughs> LeBron's a new commissioner. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, no, he he definitely said that. He's like, we're not just him. A lot of the players just said, we're not playing. You know, like, this is bigger than basketball. They kept saying that. This is bigger than basketball. But it just makes you think, like, how much bigger is it than basketball? Because, you know, like, for you guys to just be like, okay, we're going to start playing again. Obviously, if you really cared about it, it would go longer than 24, 48 hours. Because now everyone just looks at you, like, especially people in other sports who maybe they didn't boycott right away, they're looking at you like, what was the point of it, you know? If we really cared, why don't we just take the full year off, donate all of our salaries, and actually go, you know, uh, you know, go into inner cities or put put our put our voices and our platforms into action instead of just saying that, you know, we're, we're, we're doing this for things that are bigger than basketball. Um, we feel that, us us playing we're taking a stance against racism when you when you end your boycott within two days how does that make you look and we also know they have enough money to actually do what you just said of course lebron james has enough endorsements and other players in the nba if they cared so deeply right they made statements on interviews on television of what they thought they had the meetings right the players that had all the meetings if i'm um correct that the Clippers and the Lakers both said that the playoffs shouldn't continue. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have enough money, if they really did care, to go to those places where the oppression is happening and they have enough money to live a good life to go make that change. And it's not even just the money. It's about the time and, like, the the time you put in to, you know, 
because it, we all know that racism it, it starts at a young it's it's taught and it starts at a young age it's deep rooted right so the only way to to actually have an impact is by going into these communities when kids are young and impressionable and you know getting them into sports changing inner cities how you know how uh, kids start go, uh, going to the street life at young ages because once you if donating money only does so much you got to be uh, putting in the legwork getting on the grounds right putting in time and that's where you see real change happen you can donate all the money you want but where's that money going to right do, do you think that they're going to as a kid you look up to guys like lebron you look up to these professional athletes cuz that's who you want to be and inspire to be so wh- whose value and whose advice you're going to take more serious are you going to be taking a worker who's the money is getting paid to them to you know teach this guy how to play basketball or you know or are you going to take actually take an nba player who comes into your community and you see him face to face like that means more to to kids right i'm sure when you and i were were young and we met professional athletes professional hockey players it made a difference right 100% so like these athletes if they really care you know take take time off a full season that that'll make change because all that time that we spend watching you guys if you guys actually go into these communities and to like into the ground into the groundwork into like the uh into all of these uh, different arenas, into ba- basketball courts, into youth camps, and show that you know we actually care. We're taking time away from playing our games and making money into something that we care about. That makes that creates value. Amen. And we appreciate those who actually do do that. There are definitely ex players or maybe players that are doing things when the cameras aren't aren't on. So we thank you the, for those guys who actually do that. You sparked a culture to Christ idea in my head where we know someone who walked the walk and didn't just talk things, who walked with the people. Because you're right, kids are very impressionable. You and I are very impressionable at a young age. You look at these stars and stuff, right? And you're right, taking a day off, you're off the TV, you're off, you know, you're taking a couple days off. What was the impression on those children for those one to two days off? What were those kids doing, right? Um, Kids aren't really back to school yet. They're looking forward to maybe watching that game with their dad, doing those things with their dad, their mom, um... And even when uh, the NBA was in China, I remember I, I told you back in October, so the uh, the NBA has an in- initiative to grow the game in China because that's their biggest fan base. That's like something they've always done, right? So when the NBA was over there with all like the uh, all their teams, uh, the Hong Kong protests were going on because Hong Kong was fighting for their human rights because China was treating them very poorly, right? They were sending a lot of the Muslims onto the onto trains to head to slave to slave camps. <clears throat> a lot of people died, right? And, you know, there was like, there were crazy protests going on where the only person to speak up from the NBA was the general manager for the Houston Rockets. And he put a tweet out saying that we stand with you, Hong Kong, <clears throat> because he cared deeply about that. And what did the NBA do? They suppressed him. They basically said that our he was not aware of the circumstances going on. And uh, LeBron came out saying that, oh, that tweet uh, could have hurt us financially, could have hurt us physically, could have hurt us spiritually. And, you know, like, I, I, I don't know enough about that situation to comment. So what did China do? They ended up canceling all of the NBA's games over there because the GM of the Rockets spoke out and they all had to go home. So it's just funny how over there the NBA was silent because they had they need they need China right to be successful. They know that all the money that the money that China generates is like it's it's something that's on another level because they have the population right. And China and the NBA did not want to risk their relationship with China to help and stand by the people of Hong Kong. But now you forward uh, forward to today 
And, you know, they're so adamant about the whole Black Lives Matter movement. And it's just, it's funny how now all these players are saying that use your platform, stand up for what you believe in in your voice. But when they were in China, what was going on? It was, it was crickets. The guy who, the only guy who stood up got condemned. They all, they put, they sent him to, uh, to some school, uh, basically saying that he needs re-education reform or some bullshit. That was the Houston Rockets general manager. Yes, he got now condemned. Let's, let's give people some context. So what's going on? Um, we know in China right now, what's going on in terms of they're trying to get rid of any kind of faith, religion. They want you to worship whoever is their leader. They're getting putting Muslims in camps. Christians aren't allowed to, you know, you can't preach the word. You can't do certain things. Follow the government. Let's give some people some context on why NBA players, the organization, loves China so much. What does China feed them in terms of the economy in China? Let's give people some context that might not know about that. So that's their largest fan base, right? Because, you know, there's over, there's over a billion people in China. So that's eyeballs for the NBA. Right when they do a game over there, they can sell it out. Like that's why they for in October they brought the biggest athletes over there because the China games are like when if you just watch the videos on YouTube about it, like literally the fans come out. It's insane. Like you can't get that those type of numbers in the U.S. Also jersey sales, right? Everything like when it's, whether it's Nike shoes, whether it's like NBA jerseys, where's they it all made? Are they made right? there? Yes. So. China is so powerful to the NBA because there's no other nation that has that type of impact on global numbers, right? NBA knows that without China's support, right, that's a lot of money, a lot of eyeballs, a lot of dollars that they're losing out on. So they need to keep that relationship strong. And how do you keep that relationship strong? By by doing what they say. China, like Omer was telling me on the way here that uh, there's a video game where a guy spoke out, like, uh, I guess some some guy spoke out uh, supporting Hong Kong and China ended up banning that video game just because the one guy chose to, you know, go against what they, what China wants, wants people to believe in and say. So the NBA and the players felt that pressure when they were over there. They felt that they fuck, you know, China doesn't play around, so we might get hurt here financially, physically, all, all, all that stuff. And, you know, we, we can't, we have to stay silent. But right now, it's just, it's how uh, how ironic is it? And it just looks like, you know, you guys are picking and choosing what you guys are standing up for. Like It, it, goes, to sh- it goes to show that a lot of what I'm gauging from what you're telling me, um, you see that a lot of the movements, and when you're ready to speak, has a lot to do with where the dollars are going. Where my money's going, and as a, as an Asian man, how does that make me look at the NBA? Mm-hmm. So you don't care because you do, maybe you guys don't care about Asian lives, mm-hmm. right? But now Black Lives Matter. Yeah, and you look because at over there it's trending. Like, what's popular, yeah. right? Because when they're there, I don't have to live here. My kids aren't here. I don't have friends here. Why should I care now? Right? It's like a, like we say. It's like where are my dollars going? Where's my family? Oh, I'm good. So my my what I feel and think based on my, apparently my moral compass doesn't apply everywhere. I pick and choose where my moral compass goes. And we know as Christians, we don't pick and choose, right? Our moral compass stays wherever place we are. We follow that moral compass where we see people of the world. It's where the dollars are, where it's funding my dollars, where this movement now of BLM is popular. It's trending. It's on CNN every single day. It's making news. It's making headway. We have players saying we're not playing. They're able to shut down games for a day, and it's all good. We're making these movements because it's trending. It's popular. It's okay. Are they going to do the same thing when it's not popular, when it wasn't trending, when it wasn't a 
say, a money-driven thing now, political-driven thing now. And how much do you care, right? No one's saying that you shouldn't support Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to stand for it and like, postpone your games, make it, make it longer than 24 hours or 48 hours. Because now it, it looks like a joke. Like It looks like yeah. you know, your salaries were, were on the line and the owners you know, forced your guy's hand. Well, it, like, how much do you guys care about, about Black Lives Matter? Do you guys care to forfeit your whole season? Well, I bet you there are players who are so upset about it because of this. They knew, like, we're gonna, like, guys, we're not the owners of our teams. Like, we're gonna do this, and then the game's gonna go back on. What's what's gonna happen in a day? Or maybe guys are on contracts that, like, I'm in a contract season. I gotta pay for my house, pay for my wife's things, kids, all these things. You're telling me to stop the NBA playoffs, where like my work is my salary, my like your livelihood. You're telling me now you're now you're in control of, of my destiny because of what of your movement. It's like this is my work, this is my craft, right? That's why they always had there were disagreements, etc. Where it's easy for LeBron James and different players who've made their salaries, have their endorsements, have things in place to say we're canceling. But it's like, hey man, what if I'm like I'm new in the league or this is my craft, this is my job, I'm trying to keep a spot on the team because this is my work. And you have to remember too that they have why do why does why do professional athletes have a voice and have a platform? Because you guys play the games. So if you guys aren't playing the games, right, your voice and your uh, like people aren't, especially kids, are not able to see you. So your brand starts diminishing, right, when you're not playing the games. So that's like the counter, the counter argument that let's say you guys did take the year off, right, from from playing any games. That's loss of not only revenue but the loss of people that are seeing you perform on your platform. So you got to find a way to use both, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you if you stop playing games. That's taking like you're not going to be able to you know even Black Lives Matter on your jersey wouldn't even be seen, so like I would have respected the NHL and the NBA and all these leagues a lot more if they said you know we're canceling the rest of the season. Let's take and a bold season, stance. Yeah, let's take, let's a, take bold a bold stance, stance and let's show how much I, we care. I care enough to get rid of my salary, yes. all these millions I'm making for people's lives, not a day or two. I'm willing to sacrifice my salary. I can get a job somewhere else or whatever because everyone's watching this. So I know it's going to make a huge impact. If millions of people are watching this a day, if we cancel that season, we got millions of other people are going to be like, you know what? I want the season back. What can I do then? If they're going to cancel their season, they're my leaders. I'm watching them. I'm going to follow them as well then because I want to hockey. I want to watch hockey again. I want to look up to these guys who are doing that. If you're a leader, you know in life, if you're a leader of your platform, you've built something, you have more accountability. There's more eyes on you. You need to be accountable for that. So if you want to make that change, stick by it. Yeah, stick and put, by and, it. and put the time in. Don't just don't just put the money in. Well, you that's know? what we talk about. We want to see them in the hood. I always bring my faith, right? Jesus Christ, He walked and put the time in with people. It wasn't about the money. Give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Back then, the, the money was for Caesar's. He was, you know, give to Caesar what is Caesar. But He put in the time, put in the place. It's easier. It's easier when you're a billionaire or millionaire to allocate your funds and not and hit a couple buttons. Or have someone work on your finances, have an accountant to just send money places. You have no idea where it's going, who it's impacting. If you're actually there putting in the groundwork, like I, th I was thinking of an athlete like Muhammad Ali, like he put in the groundwork. He wasn't popular wherever he was. You know, he got, he got arrested. He went to jail for what he believed in. Yeah, he, he took a stance. He took a stance. And everyone turned on him. Right? And right? this is not about a color thing. It's about who he was as a content of his character. We, all, you, Aaron and I are about content of character. We like to get deeper into things, right? Like every movement doesn't matter, but we look at the long term. Were they thinking long-term? Because short-term stuff never never lasts. Like a short-term, like you said, a game or two is not making a long-term change. 
right? It's almost like what 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 came of it? Yeah. What was the point? So let's go into like, did the NBA start and then the NHL followed? Is yeah. that how it worked? So NBA was the first league to do it, and then uh, I think uh, what was like maybe tennis. I know that like the, the, the tennis player, uh, she Naomi Osaka. She's half black, half Japanese, and she decided when she was in the semifinals and she said, I don't want to play. I'm like, I'm done with the tournament. And then when she found out that the NBA was actually resuming a day after or two days after, she, she was ended up playing today. The semifinals ended up uh, going on with her playing. So it's like, how can you make such a bold stance? You know, it's I, I remember I'm repeating the same things, but... Uh, yeah, NBA it's was still, first. It, it matters, though. It matters because it, it goes to show people's hearts. Yeah. What they really believe. Yeah. Right? So you, you take a stance, like you said. Like, it matters because you see, are people doing things out of the content and the basis of their heart posture or uh, what is trending on social media and mainstream media? What's going to get them liked by a lot of people? Right? Oh, the NBA is canceled. If I do this, maybe my name will get put out more in the paper. And they were – and, you know, the N- the NHL, they took a lot of uh, – took a lot of – uh, slack because they were like, you guys were too late for for uh, postponing your games. You guys acted a day after the NBA, so you guys don't really care. But if I was the commissioner of the NHL, I would be like, and so what? The NBA just decided we're going to resume a day later. So what? What did we really miss out on? Mm-hmm. Right? Like if they if they decided to cancel their season, the NBA, the rest of the whole year, like indefinitely, then I, I'd be like, okay, you guys you guys were were late because they made a bold stance. But they were they were a day late for canceling one or two days uh, of games. It's like NHL, like you guys didn't even have to do it it, because it would have had the same impact, right? Which is what? It's nothing. Nothing. Nothing came out of that, you know? And, you know, people, when they hear this, like don't, don't listen to the media and get easily swayed by, you know, um, political messages from people that have incentives to be promoting a certain view for money for. Yeah. They're they're It's, they're kind of, it's taking away their, like everything's becoming a political platform now. Yeah. Everything is political. Everything is politics. It's no longer just sports, a business, a work, because if like, you know, if everyone believes this, everyone take off work then. Everybody stop working until things are, are, are just. And we know it doesn't happen. Things take time. Things take a process. Like we don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know, in that analogy. Like we, it, things take time, right? And the conversation is here. It's, it's. We've gone on where racism still exists, but it's been it's things have gotten better over time. There has been positives, right, in legislation, etc. People who weren't allowed to work at certain places, it has changed, right? Where we now know as well, though, like we said, everything now is politically driven, money driven. People are just doing things not because they believe it, it, it but because it's if you don't do it, you'll be hated on. You'll be like, now you're a racist if you do something, right? Let's talk about even in the NHL. Right, they have now a new players union. Let's talk about, um, you know, Akeem Alou, where you know he's now telling, you know, like we said, he's using, you know, whether or not whatever he says is true, it's like he's building a position for himself, a career for himself, based on racism. That's very, it's it's subjective. Like yes, it happens. People are oppressed, um, but someone that didn't really even play in the NHL is making statements on how people should be acting and behaving in the NHL. It's the victim and he, the victim mentality he had from the start by, you know, he blamed the coach Bill Peters for he's the reason why I didn't make the NHL. So he he pulled that card early and Bill Peters ended up getting fired and now he's trying to, you know, persuade NHL players who they don't 
they don't even respect his opinion because he never played in the NHL like like they do. So he's trying to persuade them to saying that you guys should you guys should not be playing games. You guys should be taking a stance. And it's like going back to your point about how people they just want to be a part of the conversation, right? Are they are they using their platforms in a way where they actually care about the change, or do they just want the, the clickbait to be a part of the headlines? And a guy like Akeem Aliu, who from the start he was already blaming a coach for him not being able to play in the NHL, which is like you and I know that you're you're in control of, of your hockey career. No, co- if you're meant to play in the NHL, no coach will prevent you from doing that. Yes, right? and there are and there is racism in sports and hockey. Of course, it is a predominantly white sport in terms of color. Like I don't really identify myself with my color. Like I'm I'm above that. Like I always identify myself as a Christian, but as a Canadian white male in hockey. I do, I do see the racism. I have seen the the conversations in dressing rooms, so I know it's real. But I know there are players, regardless of the oppression, they made it based on on their work ethic. They weren't going to allow somebody to stop them from their dreams or what they believed in. Hence, why the game is growing. There are other, you know, people of color in hockey. They didn't allow a coach to stop them. They kept going, right? They didn't use a, a, an excuse to find a way to not make it right. There is, there are players and there are different players like Evander Kane that speak on it, right? He's an NHL, great hockey player. There's other players too, like Ryan Reeves who actually disagree. That's what in the day too, it's also about mindsets, not much about, you know, how you look, what are your physical characteristics, but also your mindset growing up, how you were raised determines a lot about your success and not about the oppression you receive by others. So if you guys are listening to this, you're always going to receive some kind of hate, negativity, oppression, um, misjudge of character. You're going to be hated on. You're going to go through things. And just know you're not the only one going through that. Of course, there are those who are more privileged and based on scenarios in life. I know I've been given a privilege based on some of the things, how I look. People won't be afraid of me, etc. But I'll still go through some things. So just know, fight through that. You, will, you can make it, you can be the change by your work. Like Aaron said, being there, spending your time with these people, maybe helping out kids, teaching kids, teaching kids in sports, running hockey schools, about that kind of stuff. Putting in your time and not just allocating dollars. Um, and with that, would you, you're down to transition. We're going to transition into our topic of the day. Um, and taking with, you know, talking about the NBA, the protests, we're in a time where you're either with us, you're against us. It's a constant division. You're either good or you're bad, good versus evil, love versus hate, right? There's no more conversations allowed to have. We're not really allowed to agree or disagree. We're in a time of emotions, feelings are driving us 24-7. Hence why something happens to somebody, someone films it, we cancel NBA games for one day, but nothing changes. But it's based on a constant driving of a narrative of stories based on feelings. We're no longer looking at facts and truth. Um, so today we're going to go into like, are you a good person? And I want to start off with the basis of our faith. We know God is good. If God is good, can we be good? And I believe each and every single one of us, you guys listening, we have good in us that we choose and we have bad in us that we can choose, right? And it's whether or not we want to ride with the bad or ride with the good, but we don't, we can never just say that we are a good person. Because how do we decide that? What is the standard on that? In today's time, we are confused, we're lost. Um, We no longer have a certain moral compass that many of us can agree with. You and I talked about even the American bill. What's on the American bill? In God we trust. In God we trust. 
and that's where the even the Constitution, everything in laws was built on. Um, you can see in political times they're getting rid of the word God. And the reason that we have God in our lives, why he's a truth, the way, and the life, is because it allows us to gauge if we're living a good life, if we are a good person. Um, so what qualifies you as a good person? Aaron, what do you think qualifies you as a good person? What qualified you before and now when you entered Christ in, into your life? Well, I think even before I answer that, um, there's a, a misconception that people think that um, if I'm a good person, why can't I get into heaven? If Like, let's say, let's say I don't, even for people who don't believe in God, if they think, you know, if I'm a good person, why can't I go where you where you believe you're going? And, you know, it starts with a question, like what you said, what qualifies you as a good person? Have you lied before? Right? Have you uh, have you stole before? Have you committed adultery? And by adultery, it doesn't just mean cheating on a spouse. It means you could you could lust for another woman who's not in a relationship with you, which is you know, adultery. It's a form of adultery. So, if you answer answer those those three questions and it's no to them, right? Have you lied? Like if if you if you can't answer those questions honestly, that tells you what you need to know about. So how are you a good person? Because you just went against four four simple questions or three simple questions that in the Bible it specifically says the commandments, mm-hmm. right? And um, I think that today, uh, because everyone thinks that oh I'm I'm a good person like I mean to do well or you know I I, I like to help others, right? They they think that uh, they can hide behind that, and we know that as Christians. God, Jesus himself said, I'm not good. My God is good. So if Jesus himself can admit that he's not a good person, how can we ever consider ourselves good? And that's the biggest thing that, you know, like once you understand that, it, it opens your mind up to like, what does it really mean when you say you're a good person or not? And then coming from the basis of what you're saying, you know, you and I know that we live this sin- sinful life, but we, didn't, we did not acknowledge it. So we believed, I was a good guy. You're a good guy. I believed it. Like, yeah, I'm a good guy. I, I mean well. I have good intentions. But I, I always ask, if you guys are listening, what was the result? What are the results of some of your friendships that you have? What are your relationships like with your coworkers, with your family members? Are the end results, a lot of times, are they good? Right? We, we mean so well, but we don't really know what dictates, dictates good actions. What keeps us in good spirit, keeps us feeling love and kindness. Because when you realize, for Aaron and I, we realized that we were living in sin. Like just the idea of thoughts that you have are not good. If you're a good person and ask yourself, how often do you have bad thoughts? How often do you get angry and think doing bad things to somebody? You want to get in a fight with somebody. The concept of good today is lost because... Nowadays, everyone thinks they're a good person because they've done one good thing or they mean to do good. But like you said, the thoughts and, you know, it's impossible to live a perfect lifestyle. So what is our what is our concept of good? How does that measure up to other people's uh, standards of good, right? And if there's different standards of good, that's when just the whole concept of good goes out the window. You have confusion. You have division. Yes. Because it's like, you do you, bro. Everyone says that. You do you. It's like, what does that mean? 
If your I, standard of good could be different than my standard of good. Yep. So therefore, how can I say a good, I'm a good person and you're not a good person? And how do we establish that? And this is the reason why we have God, why we had Jesus Christ come. Because we had confusion. We had different gods. We worshipped that cow, worshipped this person, worshipped this woman, worship yourself and say you're good. That's why Regardless I love, of your actions. Yeah, I, I, I love that in the, when, in the Bible when Jesus says that. He says, I am not good. My God is good. Amen. That sets the tone for, you know, like, if he's not good, how can I ever consider myself good? The, the Jesus who's never sinned before, and he's telling people, don't call me good. Call my God good. And it comes from that place of humility. I'm deciding to be humble when I start my day. We start our days thanking God for the, what he has blessed us with. It's not ours. But we live with people who are unbelievers, who do not believe in a God, people who claim to be atheists, etc., or even Christians themselves who now pick and choose what they see in the Bible. And the problem is, the reason why the Bible is important to me logically and based on my Holy Spirit is because when you have, you're in relationships with somebody, say you're dating somebody, um, we, we know what the divorce rate is like. We know what spousal abuse is like. It happens. People who think they're good people. How many how many relationships do you know people who believe they're good and they start dating someone and next thing you know they're getting beaten. They're being cheated on. They're being lied to. They're being deceived. So we know that a lot of people say they're good. I know for a fact I thought I was good and I did evil because I was not grounded and humble to the truth of my sins. I believed in some of my sins, and I, they're, they're called strongholds when you believe sins are good. So when I say Christians even now pick and choose what they read in the Bible is, nah, this is actually not good anymore. I actually don't agree. We start becoming, like I said, our own gods. We now create different moral compasses. Everyone has a different moral compass, right? That's why you have confusion, destruction. Um, ch- children are confused. I was confused growing up. I knew I had something in me which is why I was probably anxious all the time, stressed out, depressed, why I couldn't be honest and truthful to people I cared about because I was living in sin and I accepted it. So I could tell people and face I was a good person, but inside I didn't actually believe it. But we have a lot of people today in time, right? We have no, we have no uh, Bible God to follow to, am I, let me see, let me, let me check on what my God, God is telling me. Am I, am I feeling these ways in my life? Am I getting the results in my life because I'm living in a sinful way? I'm living for the devil, for evil, and I'm not, I'm not accepting that reality. I'm not taking accountability for those things. I know I hurt people close to me because I grew up with an idea, not biblically, not through faith, just the world, and I believed in those things. And I realized over time, because I, I always felt extra tired, more anxious, more stressed. I saw how, it, how the person I was with, how it was even affecting them. That I realized I was living a destructful way. You know, the simple way of, of thinking about it is if you do good things, are you a good person? The same way, So you can't be a good person by just doing good things. The same way I can't consider you a bad person because you did a bad thing. So if you can't, if you can't, uh, uh, consider yourself a bad person when you've done a bad thing. Don't consider yourself a good person because you've done good things. It works both ways, right? We don't like to think we're bad people when we make a mistake or we slip up or we do, we do something that we know we shouldn't have done. 
So don't 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 try to take advantage of the situation by saying I'm a good person because you know today I donated this money or you know today I helped this person, right? It's like if we, we, we can't take the good with the bad, right? You, it's you, like, you and I even talked about charities, right? So touch on charities where people are just giving out money, where a lot of charities actually only take in and give to the organization ten percent of it, and they bank the rest of it, right? Like we don't even know where our good is going as well. We don't know if an organization is good anymore. I myself don't trust people as much because I know my, my basis of good is way different. I know I can trust you because you serve God and you know judgment comes from God, not from the world. So you doing bad, there is going to be punishment from that. And people hear that, yeah, see, why is God good if he punishes you? No, no, God allows you free will and the devil will take over you. Right? So that's why I, I always want to say that. Building trust in organizations. How do you trust your employer? How do you trust your girlfriend? Like good things, in good things we trust, right? So once we understand, how can I trust these people? When things happen, bad things, right? We go through traumas, we go through stress. A lot of times you get to see someone's true character by how they deal with those things. When they don't get what they want. When things hit the fan. You get to see when they're in dark, desperate times, how they really respond. And I learned from my times when I was going through traumas without God, I did some shady shit. I hurt some people. I honestly believed inside. I was like, I am evil. I started to accept it. You know, it's it's easier to do good when everything is good, when everything is comfortable, right? So, you know, how how how, how do you adapt to the struggles of your life, right? Does your circumstance in, always influence your decisions? of what what's going to benefit me or you know do I have time for this do I have time for this person maybe maybe I don't want to give time to this person now because it's not comfortable for me right now but my situation might when when it changes and I need that person I expect them to be there and and if that person's not there for me then I consider them not a good person mm-hmm. so you see like how how this it's it's all it's very uh there's a lot of contradictions. It's right? cultures, hypocrisy. Yeah, it's a lot of hypocrisies. And it's all about being aware and calling yourself out first when you're feeling those type of things, right? Yeah, the, when, the, like, the humility comes from it. Like when, you're, when you realize that you're not your God, when you give away control, when you humble yourself to the Lord, and He, he forgives you, and you realize, man, like I can, I can be the good. Like I can, my God is good. He's shown me the way. He's written in his word. I've met people who do good and actually mean it. I can be the change. You and I have done that with ourselves where we'll get into further testimonies that we saw that the change started first with us. We had to change the definition we give to words because now in today's time, words don't mean what they actually were meant for. Wait, the English language came from a language before. The Bible I read, they didn't, ri- they didn't write in English. That wasn't the language at the time. We have to understand the definitions of words and what they're actually meant for, which is why um, Jesus says, I am the word of God, right? Because when I, when I read the word of God, I understand what things actually mean. I get rid of biases. I get rid of what someone else is telling me to do. I can read the word and gain true understanding of the value of the word good. Things need to have value in today's time. And when you realize that the change starts in with me, 
I have to begin valuing myself as someone important. God blessed me with value. God created me in this life. I'm in one in a trillion chance of being born in conception. One in a trillion. You have a higher chance to win the lottery than being born. You're born good. When God made things, he made things good. That's why children, as children of God, they're innocent. They're pure. They're pure. That you see, you see the enjoyment in their lives. They can do bad things, right? Kids can be manipulative. They can cry. They can find ways. But when you have that child spirit of God and that forgiveness and that healing, and you actually value yourself as God sees you, 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 you start to change and value things differently and how they are meant to be, which is why you and I value friendship differently. We speak about that, how our friendship has value. Where we had other friendships before, we know we didn't have value. It was about timing, what you had in common with them, the jokes you wanted to make, gossiping, living in sin, right? I had friends that I was friends with because we picked up chicks together. We weren't actually friends, right? We weren't actually doing good things, but we could laugh about it, yeah. right? So they, you start to see when you start valuing yourself, you can start to value words the way they're meant to be, right? Like when I see the the culture's hypocrisy in terms of what you see on Instagram posts or what you see on mainstream media, like, oh, how good this person is based on how much their net worth is. And then what they give to charities is now is good. Right? All these, how Bill Gates made all his money, how you should grind in your life. Like now is being a millionaire, being a billionaire is good. Like you're a good person because you make a ton of money and apparently you help a lot of people make more money. Right? Money is a tool to help others, but it's not the focus. We make the money is good. Get the bag. Get your bag, man. Don't worry about being an actual valuable person. And they love to hide behind the charitable donations they make or the charities they start. Mm -hmm. Because we know that everyone knows that a lot of there's a lot of evil behind charities and people who proclaim to be doing good when we know that, you know, there's deeper intentions that are self serving and not something that they necessarily even care about, right? So you know, it's just, it's, I think that the culture today, there's a lot of focus on emphasis on, you know, the billionaires and the success stories, right? That what they've done to get there or what they're uh, actually, uh, what they care about now is not even relatable to people on the ground level who idolize these people. Because what what can you, what can someone who idolizes Bill Gates, who works like, let's say works a retail job, what can they idolize Bill Gates for right now? Like, if you ask them, like, some people, some people are like, yo, the guy's so successful, like, you know, I admire him. I'd like to ask those people, what do you admire him for? Do you admire him for the money that he's made? Or do you admire him because culture tells you that this is one of the leaders that we should aspire to be? This is what good looks like. Yes. This is what success looks like. And it's like a lot of people that don't have the right education, right? They're they're idolizing the wrong people who culture puts the the focus on so that that's when it comes down to um you know your spiritual belief can't be can't be swayed it can't be uh dictated by outside uh influences you know i won't i won't stop choosing to follow god because culture tells me this person is who i should be like who i should be aspiring to be like Amen. you know because that guy's a man, right? That guy that guy has an expiry date. My God doesn't have an expiry date. And guess That's who, the difference. Amen. And guess who works within you? How do you know God is your is your is your God? 
how you know the Holy Spirit comes because it works within. A lot of these things are external, right? We see good as what I can see on TV, what I see on Instagram, what the news tells me is good, right? LeBron James, like we just said, Black Lives Matter, closing the NBA for a day. That's so good, right? It's all these things that we can see, but what do we see when the camera's not on? Are they telling us what they've done wrong in life? Are they going on TV being like, I live a life like this. I want you guys to know we are equal under God. Because we live in this standard of like, right, we're all trying to chase each other, living in competition. You talked about how everyone's in competition with each other. When you realize we're equal under God, God doesn't care how much money you're making. Doesn't care how much money you've donated. Oh, listen, man, you donated $3 billion more. Like, he's getting in. you got to <laughs> donate more. He doesn't value things like that. He looks at when no one's looking, what are you doing? What do you do when no one's looking? Do you only give to homeless people when your buddy has a camera so you can post on YouTube to get clicks? To pretend you're a good person? That's full-blown narcissism. Every, every, like a lot of people today like to only show when they're doing good, when the camera's rolling, So they right? can worship culture. So culture can like them. Yep. God knows your heart. What are you doing behind the scenes when there's no one watching? Look at the YouTube analytics. See how many people clicked on, clicked on your profile, bought your new, you know... If you always need to broadcast you doing quote-unquote good, the intention was never there in the first place. No. I don't consider, you know, I had to change this mind frame I had before of, you know, always judging myself and judging other people based on a mistake they made or a mistake I made when in reality all of us slip up every day, right? It's like because I'm not perfect because you're not perfect – why should I be holding you to a certain standard when I myself have fallen short of that standard every single time? You know, and we like to justify you know, uh, our actions or we like to justify certain decisions we make because it makes it makes us go to sleep with ourselves at night. And that's when, you know, you need God to be the one that can that's placing that judgment on you. That that standard of the Bible of not being able to pick and choose which which uh, rules you like, which rules are are suitable to your lifestyle. I don't like this. I don't like what he says in the Bible here because right now I'm not at a place where I can you know I can live that I can live that uh, that conviction right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this I can I, I can do because you know it doesn't it doesn't affect me. Oh, that's you a know? good one. I like this one. <laughs> this feels good. And it's like that's that's when it comes down to your discipline. You know what type of things do you have in your life that hold you accountable to that standard you know you want for yourself. Not that what other people want for you, but you yourself know that this is something I, I, I need to be doing because this is going to bring me uh, that, that peace, that freedom, that joy, you know? And those three things are what turns into success. If you don't have freedom, peace, and joy, what's the point of making all that money? What's the point of you grinding if you're not having these three things? If, if me slaving away at a job or slaving away at a business I know I don't really care about only for the money... But, you know, it's, it's fucking up my, my, my lifestyle, my sleep, uh, the things I want to be doing with my spare time. Is that really worth it? Especially when you see people who have success, like you talked about, the way, how they have to manipulate and lie and go against the moral compass to get to that success. Yeah, and, and it's, it's like it's the people that are around you, too, that, you know, they could be feeding into that where they, they like you they like you in that trapped position, sort of, so they can always have access to you. Because when you, people know like, you know, human nature likes to take advantage of people. So when someone sees you trapped in that certain circumstance you're in, it brings them peace because sadly, 
them seeing you struggle makes them feel better about their life where they can always look at you like I'm doing better than this guy even though you call that person your friend mm-hmm. but you like them you like them below you because it makes you more comfortable yeah you see how insecure that is and you know we we, we we know so many circumstances that are like that but we like to either turn the blind eye to it or we don't feel comfortable to speak up and be like why aren't you why is that person still in that same position that he was for five years now and you're his friend but you can't elevate him or you don't you don't have the conviction in you to be like you're better than this you know you're better than this job or you're better than than uh than doing this thing that you know we we both know you don't really care about and you touch on right? a good point about the, the value of friendship we talked about the value of goods we want you guys listening to start va- having a good high standard because you have a high value high standard high value glorious god glorious life right once you have that standard you go man i want my friends to do just as good as me like aaron talked about the friends are your friends liking you comfortable and where you're in the position you're at knowing your goals you tell them your goals or they ask you hey man why don't you try this they're keeping you accountable because they actually care and love for you or do they like you when you're in your sinful life whatever that is they like when you party a lot they like when you just go for the bag go for instagram stuff do they like you when you're in living in confusion or are they friends that want to keep you accountable, keep you honoring your word, things you want to push for? And do they like when you get success? Are they amped when you when you hit a goal? Are they pumped? Are they speaking good of you when you're not around, when the camera's not on? Because a lot, Aaron said, a lot of your friends, you're actually your closest enemy, right? They're just keeping you close to see what you're up to next. So when you start valuing yourself, there's a lot of false goods out there. And that's when it goes back to, if you see yourself in that situation and if you're honest with with yourself about the group you're around and you see and you know that I got to make a change, that's when it comes down to what we touched about in the past about being comfortable with yourself first. You can never get successful by being around a group that you know is holding you back, right? You got to be able to be comfortable with who you are what you know you should be doing, your purpose, right? The work ethic. If those things you can't do by yourself, nobody else can help you. They can you, you they can give you as much money, as much resources, as much connections, but if you don't have that conviction with, you know, yourself that I can do this myself with or without these people, right? That's going to be short-lived. And you know, like today we live in a time where media, where culture, where people, they want to influence our our decisions. To partake in in movements, they want to they want to tell you, you know, if if you don't support this, that means you don't care about something. It's all about diversion. Everyone today likes to take people's focus off of what they know they should be pursuing into what they're pursuing and into what they want you to do. Amen. And it's like, like look how we opened this conversation about the the NBA and NHL. Like it's monkey see, monkey do. So the NHL, they took all that heat because they, uh, people were saying, you guys didn't uh, act quick enough. You guys should have been postponing your games. But, you know, in hindsight, what did they really, what were they, what were they laid on? They missed one day of canceling a game for 24 hours or canceling games for 24 hours. Ask yourself, what are you really accomplishing? You know, if you really care about change and you really care about making a stand, take a full season off. Get, get down on the, on the ground level. Help out communities, right? Put in the time there. 
don't just talk about the change and talk about you know black black lives matter like we we care about it when the tv's on but if my salaries is at risk if owners are, are threatening to pay me then you know uh, okay I, I might not care as much but that that same thing applies to anything like your job or uh anything that you're pursuing if you don't really believe it people see through it like the people that are around you that like to tell you, you know, you're you're doing good, keep it up, and then behind your back they're like that thing's never gonna pop. Like no, this guy's no was- wasting his time, you know. And it's it's like, it, I think today people need to be more realistic with themselves and realistic with what's going around them, because like what you said, there's a lot of gaslighting and there's a lot of fake promises, fake people people saying that, you know. If you support me, I'm going to support you. And you, when that day doesn't come, who are you mad at? You should be mad at yourself because you were oblivious and you were naive. You were ignorant to what the what the what that person was actually trying to do with your situation, right? How how many how many people do you know that they they say, you know, I'm going to put you on, bro? We know so many stories like that. I've been told I've been told that by friends. <laughs> so, and I, I know it's that's why I want to get um, you guys who are listening, Aaron and I. We're accountable too, and we want to get you guys out of your feelings because we now, when people tell us things, it makes us feel good. A true friend, a true partner, true business partner, a true wife, a true husband, a true teammate will show you and never have to say one thing, and you're going to love that guy forever, right? You guys listening, if you guys met us in person and wanted to talk, this is how Aaron and I would talk to you, <laughs> right? We probably would leave, probably have more profanity a bit, a little more on the podcast. We try to you know stay mature, but- we, this is who we are. This is what we believe in. This is, not a, this is not a game for us. I deal with this with people in my life, at work life, family life. I talk with people about my faith and things I believe in and why we need to get out of feelings. Like Aaron made a good point. People are going to say things to you to get something they want. It's sales, man. They're going to tell you things to make you feel good. False promises, false goods. We're, taking, we're, not, gonna, we're not playing playoffs anymore. They do it for one day. They go back to playing. And you know it's it's taking that stand. So two days ago, I had uh, a friend reach out to me uh, and say, and uh, she said, "Hey, uh, you know, do, do you mind posting this on your Instagram story or on your account?" It was about for COVID testing, right? And it was in uh, it was in the Jane and Finch area. And they're like, she said, basically, you know, I know you have a lot of followers. Uh, could you post this for me and and help us out so people know they can go there for testing? And I told her, I said, you know, respectfully, respectfully, I'm going to have to decline because my stance towards the whole COVID and the whole mask and the vaccine, all that stuff is different than yours. So we can agree to disagree here, but, you know, I can't I can't just say okay to you and post that and then make myself look like a hypocrite when the conversations that I'm having with people like you, people like Omer, like people that are in my circle are different than what I'm promoting. So a lot of times people today, they're afraid to say no because they're scared of repercussions or scared of offending other people when the real issue of, uh, behind you not saying no is lying to yourself. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're constantly compromising or being a yes man and not willing to stand up and say no for yourself, it's going to lead into more destruction because now people think that this guy can't say no to me. I can ask him for, for more favors in the future mm-hmm. that, you know, it, just, it leads from one thing to another where that person, they know they have you at their, uh, at their will, at, at their command. Sorry. Exactly. And when you guys stop worshiping those people, 
valuing yourself, worshiping God, you'll be strong enough to hold that. You'll be strong enough to do, I'm not doing that. Be strong enough to disagree with people with respect and love. We live in a time where we can't disagree with each other and be peaceful. It's almost like people get triggered by their feelings, they by their personal. movements. They take it personally, man. People ask me about Black Lives, Lives Matter movement. I tell them honestly. I tell them honestly. And I can when I disagree, I don't agree with somebody, I don't get triggered. I listen. I want to connect. I don't want to disconnect. I don't want division. I seek to understand. You know, the whole topic of race and racism. I have my honest opinion about it. And I trigger people who are on this whole, even people that look like me. I don't identify myself with, with a white guy. I used to do that a lot. Hockey, what hockey guy, white guy, whatever. It's stupid. My identity is not in the color of my skin. It's deeper than that. It's in my moral compass, how I treat others. It's in my actions. People can de de depict who I am, whatever they want. With I have brown hair, I have brown eyes. Oh, here's a brown-eyed guy. Here's a blue-eyed guy. They can do whatever they want, but... In terms of who I am as a person. and You we, love Jesus first. I love Jesus because he's the truth, the way, and the life. But I even look at, that's why the whole, you can never get rid of something by continu continuing the conversation about the base of what it is, right? So I stop, I'm working on stop identifying people with the color of their skin. That's what I'm working on. I never call you an Asian man. <laughs> when do you ever hear me call me an Asian man? Never. Never. Call you Aaron. Brother in Christ. And we hold each other accountable on our actions, the content of our character, right? I myself try to hold myself accountable to that and stop. I, uh, there's a difference between if someone wants a description of somebody, you're trying to give a story. You can give people like details. It's okay doing that. But in terms of what we're valuing now, in terms of disagreements, agreements, like if you're not on what's trending, right? If you're not what's going on, if you disagree with this, it's no longer a conversation. It's, it's, it's screw you. And it's like we live in a time now where ev everyone is overly sensitive, you know, where, you, you know, you're scared to offend someone by telling them how you feel or your truths. You know, you can get canceled if you say something wrong that people don't agree with because it doesn't suit their needs and their viewpoints. Or, you know, it's like I never want to be scared to give my opinion towards something or towards someone if that's my truth. Right. Own your truth. Nobody, nobody can tell you what you can or can't believe. Right. It's like e even, you know, now, now we don't even know whether we can sh uh, shake someone's hand when we, uh, when we meet them, because we don't know that how this person views COVID, whether I should be like s six feet away from them or whether I can give a fist bump. It's like everything is blown so out of proportion these days if you don't wear a mask inside uh let's say if you, if you forget to wear a mask inside a restaurant right They're, they look at you as this guy doesn't care about my life this guy he can infect me with covid everything is so fickle you know well we see how it's everything's it's about creating division it's never about unity right like i look at like north america united states of america not divided states of america but what is it it's about this party and that party. You're either with me or not. It's either black or white, love or hate, right? Because we know that because it's a process, we're born in sin. It's a broken world. Aaron and I are talking about a broken system. The system is not good. The lie that people in the government wants you to think is that they're good. It's based on good. But in life, you can only have two things. You can choose one or the other. You can choose power. You can choose love. You can't have both. People don't want to believe that. But we have a lot of people who choose power over love because you have to love your enemy. 
You have to love your abuser. You have to love your oppressor. We don't want to do that anymore. It's you versus me. You oppressed me, I'm going to oppress you. Tit you for tat. Tit for tat, black and white. Right? That's why the conversation of racism bothers me because we're constantly talking about it. And what did the guy in the Orlando Magic say about it? The guy who stood, who stood up. And no one wants to spread that around. He stood up. He's a, a guy of black colored skin. He doesn't identify with that though. He identifies with Christ. His heart posture, his mindset. He said, uh, he said as a Christian man, I have to forgive that officer for he does not know better. I can't condemn them. I can't say this person uh, should be killed. I should shoot this person back because as a Christian man, you have to love your enemy. You have to forgive your enemy. Who am I to judge someone based on my own experiences and what I've done when I know I haven't lived a perfect life? So how can you judge someone else? The only man who can judge me is God, right? If Jesus himself can say, I am not good, my God is good. How can we consider ourselves good? How can I consider you a bad person because you've done one bad thing or you've done a bad... If I considered every single person I met a bad person based on a bad decision they made or a bad circumstance that happened, everyone would be bad. And the same way if I considered everybody good because they've done something good or they think they're good, if I consider that person a good person based on that, everyone would be good. So we need to, as a culture, we need to get rid of that whole narrative or, or am I a good person? Am I a bad person? Be accountable, right? That that's that's all that's all it is. Where it's like, I can't judge you because I can't ju- and I can't judge myself because you know we all go through life in different ways. Like, we slip up every day. We make mistakes. We, make we mistakes. hurt people. We yeah. commit. There's a bunch of criminals that have committed serious harmful crimes. They spend their time in jail. Whatever they do, and they become better people. Do we look at them the rest of their life being like, you're a criminal though. You're this. You can never change. If we're going to have that mindset, then you have to be able to put out everything you've ever done to the person you're judging, right? If you want to cancel somebody, okay, let's look through your past then too. It's an ongoing uh, cycle of you did this, you did this, black and white, you're bad, you're bad. It's a life of pointing fingers. We live in the victimization world of pointing fingers. And who who are you to decide if someone gets canceled or not? That's why we don't decide. We're but but that's that and, but that's what's going on in yes. culture today. People yes. are getting canceled. Like Mike Milbury on on NBC, he just got canceled. He had to step down because he made a comment uh, on 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 the show. So, people listening, Mike Milbury, he's a commentator for hockey on NBC, and he said uh, he was talking about uh, a female by saying that I think. Uh, I'll, I'll, let me pull it up. Go on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull up what what he said. Well, it's it's very difficult now. Like you and I doing this podcast, I might get canceled. I might get canceled based on some of my opinions, my thoughts. I'm not allowed to have a freedom of speech anymore. And you guys got to be careful that in today's time, like it's almost like you're not allowed to have an opinion or opposing thought um, because someone then will just be you'll be triggered. If I don't, if I if I say I don't believe in the Black Lives Matter movement is good, I'm going to be torched people are like what's wrong with you here we go i'm racist because i'm white so i'm automatically a racist if i say that so mike milbury's cop sorry but i i I got i got friends that they know me friends of all colors they know i'm not racist but if i say something like that i automatically fit the narrative you talked about narratives there's a story everyone has a story i want to help you guys get out of your story in your head that you're a victim because you're going to cause more harm we have a lot of people in even in political leaders doing things from a place of lack 
because they didn't get something, because someone was abused in their family, because they went through trauma. So their their motives and they're not coming from a loving place of bountifulness because God's everything is for God. Your trauma's for God. Don't come from a place of lack. When you're doing something, don't come from a place of lack. I got to prove myself. I got to get back at this guy. I got to f- cause more harm to this guy. I got to lead with hate. It doesn't lead to good things. Pointing fingers doesn't lead to good things. Becoming what you hate is what happens every single day, all the time with people. That's my rant right now. Fired up. Sorry. <laughs> so Go the ahead. comment he goes, he, so he was basically saying how he thinks that there's a lot of good that comes from the bubble of uh, players not having distractions because they're focused on, you know, pl- on, on playing hockey, being with the team bonding. So he said there's a lot of good that comes with it. And he said in his comment, he, he goes... You know, there's no women. There's less distractions for these guys. And because if he said because he said that, he was forced to to step down. And you know, because we play hockey, we understand what he's trying to say. That mm-hmm. you know, especially young guys on the team, it's easily distracted for a guy yep. who you know who who's used to being on the road, Single, getting young. tons of tons of girls, right? Whenever he wants, and that could be a distraction for him. So what was so wrong with what Mike Milbury said to get to get canceled? Like, do you think that canceling him now changes uh, people's opinions and narratives of how we all know hockey players think? And, you know, like that's ingrained in, in our all culture. All men, like, <laughs> all men who love women have a strong, have a temptation problem with women. Yeah. It's, I know if I'm in the playoffs and I know there's no w- women around, I will have more time to be focused on either my recovery. I can eat better. I mean, I can do some, uh, you know, some rehabilitation in between games. I'm on my phone, looking at my phone, talking to the beautiful woman, going through my DMs. That's a fact. And, he and gave a fact, and because it's uh, anti-culture, it's not with the times. You you can now cancel him. Yeah. There oh, was, no, he steps down. Did he step down, or, they, or he just they, well, they, they, they he stepped down because they they forced they yeah they forced him. That's a nice way. We know like he, why would he ever step down if that if that comment wasn't made because you know they, they that was a nice way of them saying you know you're not fired but we'll let you step down you know that's what culture likes to do too. Mm-hmm. With the, they don't like to say you're fired. They let they let you resign uh, quietly and politely so no one gets offended. But uh, it's crazy because there was a, a woman reporter in Chicago and she's she was condemning Mike Milbury saying that you were offending women. Like, I felt offended by that. Like, as a woman, how am I a distraction? And like, we know in sports culture, a lot of the, a lot of times these guys, they get distracted. Well, why do you think that there's so much uh, um, domestic violence in, in all these leagues? Because when they get into interactions with women and, you know, there's different situations that happen, but that can be a distraction to the team as well. It's not. Ju- it's not. It's not about women being a distraction. He's talking about players can be easily distracted by those circumstances that arise when you're mm-hmm. on the road. Yes. You know, when when the, you're going, uh, when all the boys are going out to the strip club tonight before the game. Yeah. They don't have that now that they're in the bubble. That's the point he's trying to make. And so. even too, it's like I, I'm going to the uh, restaurant. Women know NHL players. They know how much they make. There are women that they are. They go for money. They're beautiful women that they want comfortable. That's just reality. That's not judgment. Yeah. That's a fact. Like, that's not me being, how could you say that? No, there's women that they know their beauty, right? They want to find someone that's that's maybe handsome or, or makes a lot, of, a lot of money. They 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 go for that. Like, if I met a woman I found as beautiful and is wealth, like, I'm not like that. But I know that, oh, and this is this is really comfortable. I know she takes care of herself. She's, she's financially set. She's good. I don't have to provide for her. That'd be awesome. We know that that's reality. And if they go out to clubs and bars and they're a big name, Patrick Kane, who knows, Tyler Sagan, these are handsome handsome men, they're going to have women approaching them. 
women are going to approach them. They're idolized, right? And you, now you don't have that. You're gonna you're, you'll play better hockey, right? But that's the like the world we're in, right? It's everyone's offended. Their gods, their feelings. Whatever I feel, I'm validated. Don't offend me. And you can't get to truth that way. You can't get to truth. You have to risk offending someone to get to the truth. If I know you're slipping up based on your actions, I'm going to have to risk offending you to be like, hey, man, you need to be accountable. You're doing these things, and I know you don't want to be doing them. And you're going to have to humble yourself to really take in my words and not get triggered. Now I'd be like, fuck you, man. You don't fucking know me. You have to risk offense to get to the truth. So that's why truth doesn't matter anymore. Feelings do. If I feel a certain way, we got to include everybody. I feel like a unicorn. You better call me a unicorn. Right? I feel these things. It's like, is it truthful? Is it honest? Is it, are you confused? It's, now, we, now we live in a time where it's a tiptoe culture. I ho- you yeah. got to be tiptoeing around certain things so you don't offend someone, so you don't conflict somebody, so you know you don't get canceled. All these things are like your opinion, right? Your your opinion can cost you your job. What you believe can cost you, you know, your uh your position. And it's it's like I I don't want to be convicted by anything other than what God wants me to do with my life, right? Mm-hmm. If certain things I have to stand up for are going to cost me my position, my my money, my followers, I have to I have to stand up for that. So don't feel the need to support certain movements or the, or certain uh, certain uh, charities because culture is forcing you to go that route. If you don't believe that in your heart, you showing support for that for that uh, for that movement only makes you look like a liar. Because you know, at the end of the day, if you don't give you don't care about that that that, that movement or that that charity that you're promoting, you have to go to sleep with yourself at night. So yeah. if you don't really believe that, what's the point of promoting it? Amen. Right, and we we all think differently. Like we all have different opinions towards uh, you know things that are. We live in a time right now where every everyone is a critic. Everyone is a critic if you have an opposite opinion of what culture is promoting. And you know, I just I I want that voice. I, I want to be the voice for people who you know think opposite of what culture. Is promoting you know we have to be that voice we have to tell people that it's okay to disagree with, with what your friends are telling you you know 100 it, it, it's agreed to disagree with what your parents are telling you yeah with what you know your so-called mentors are, are are telling you because ask yourself are these people steering me in the right direction or are they steering me where they want me to be for their comfort yeah do they want me in that box do they want me stuck in that position of where i've been the last five years because it brings them joy it brings it brings them peace knowing that you know that person's always going to be below me he's not going to be able to rise above me you know i i'm good seeing i'm good seeing uh my so-called li- uh li- li- everyone likes to say little bro that's little bro stop trying to be the little the, the little bro in situations belittling because, you yeah, <laughs> literally be, literally belittling you right <laughs> and it's like you know just just wake up and take a stand for what you believe in not what people want you to believe in or what, what people want you to support yes and Aaron and I will always make mistakes, even on this podcast. We're, we're accountable. We'll work on ourselves. We listen to the podcast after we go over it. We listen to ourselves, right? This podcast is for men and women. I know a lot of times I say guys, but I mean men and women. And like I know as well that sometimes you guys will take offense to certain things, right? You guys will get hurt by certain things. Well, we just got news uh, from Omer that the Black Panther... 
Chadwick. Uh, what's his last name again? Chad Chadwick Boseman, the the star of the Black Panther movie, the biggest Marvel movie of all time, I believe. Grossed has passed away at the age of forty three after a four year battle with colon cancer. Crazy. Wow. That's that's crazy. I didn't even know he was like dealing with. There's there goes to show you guys when you don't see things on camera. What's really going on behind the scenes? And when when your time your time can be any time. Chadwick Boseman, guys, like the Black Panther. We just saw that now. Um, pray for his family. Pray for his loved ones. We see that the stars of the world we look up to, we're limited. Our time here is not forever. Um, Let's talk about when we were eating breakfast, uh, the day Kobe passed, when we were just eating breakfast after church. At and the church. Uh, we just look at the TV and it says Kobe Bryant has passed away, right? And what did we, what did we talk? We talked about how it didn't even feel real. Didn't and, feel real. You know, it, it put things into perspective that it doesn't matter how much money, how much fame, how much, you know, success you have. When it's your time, when God when when God says it's your time, it's your time. So you got to keep in mind that what are like what is our purpose here? Who are we living for? What are you leaving behind? What do you yeah? You know what's the legacy you're leaving behind? Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther, you know, did a lot for 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 the culture in that in in that sense, right? Like it, it, it a lot of kids were like, wow, like that superhero looks like me. That's pretty cool. That's a good thing. You know, it's a good thing. You know, wh- you I can't I, fear death, right? No, fearing. I think a lot of times we fear death, right? Because we know of our actions, we know what we're truly living by. And if you got you guys, you guys and girls, you men and women, people listening, you know, when you, before you go to bed, you know, ask yourself questions. Can you go to bed at peace with yourself? Because when you value yourself, you value your character. You value how you treat other people. Start asking yourself how you feel before you go to bed. You know, do you have to distract yourself with all these things going around to keep yourself away from the problem? Away from maybe the evil you're doing and not the good. Good is not just a frail, itty-bitty lack of word. It means something. It has value. Start valuing the words that you speak. I know starting this podcast with Aaron, I've started to value the words I speak, how I think throughout the day when I have an episode coming up, the value I want to bring to you listeners. Of course, I know I have to be myself because God made me unique and I will speak on things that's, you know, my opinions, my experiences. I have to give you guys to get to know who I am, but I also want to provide good. And I always say good does not come from Alex or Aaron, it comes from God. Aaron and I work through God. You know, so. we're we're all given God-given talents and God-given passions that he wants us to pursue. But how do we tap into our God-given abilities, strengths, and talents without God? Amen. Right? And, you know, like, that's something that I really want to promote because there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of people out in this world that, you know, they want to steer you in a certain direction out of comfort for themselves, you know? They don't they don't want it they don't want to see you excel to your maximum potential in fear that you can actually do something that they're not capable of doing. Right? Like how many people do we know with the resources, with the tools to to help you grow 
in whatever area you're in, but they're, they don't want to give you that access because they know once they let you through that door, you're going to like, you're going to take it to another level where they don't want to, they don't want to even see the, the chance of that happening. So that's when you have to identify what circle are you in? You know, are you stuck in a place where you look at the the people around you and you know, they're excelling and you're, you're not getting anywhere or maybe they're stuck in the same spot as you. And that's when you have to learn how to pivot, right? You got to know that my God-given talents are, and my God-given passions are only going to get to the level when I bring God into that conversation, you know, to, to work through me and Aaron elevate. And I, yeah, elevate. Aaron and I said pivot. Aaron and I have pivoted in our own lives and started to pivot with God. Our circles and things and the conversations are God-ordained. We want to be around God. The focus is around God first, that foundation. We want you guys to pivot to there because you're going to have peace because a lot of times we're like, I don't I don't want God, you know, I don't you know, like what God has for me. Like Things you love in life as even as a child, God wanted you to like and love and enjoy. If you pivot away from you and your circumstances and your control and your ideas and your friend group and all these things and pivot with God, you and God alone first, nobody else, you and God first, he will start to bless you with the people you need to be around who think the same way, who have that compass, who have the same characteristics. It's not right away. It's a process. Like the life of a Christian, life of living for Christ is a process. It's still a process for Aaron and I. We have improved Him and I have already seen improvements with the podcast, strengthens our relationships with God, right? We're not, Aaron and I don't push each other and try to make sure, hey man, are you really, like, you know, you better be doing this with God today. It's like, we know it's in our own individual relationships. We have conversations once in a while. And so we want to thank you guys for listening to this episode today. Definitely a unique episode for us today. Make sure you guys subscribe to us on YouTube. Like it if you love it. Comment questions, ideas, concerns, uh, other topics you guys are interested in. Maybe some questions you don't understand. We'll get back to you. We want to engage with you guys. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to Apple Podcasts. And thank you so much for listening today. Um, I got a verse of the day from Proverbs. I like Proverbs even if you're someone who is lacking the true belief of Jesus Christ. Proverbs is very practical. It's about wisdom, um, even in today's time. I'll read a simple verse here for you guys. A gracious woman gets honor, and violent men get riches. A man who is kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. The wicked earns deceptive wages, but one who sows righteousness gets a sure reward. Whoever is steadfast in righteousness will live, but he who pursues evil will die. Those of crooked heart are an abomination to the Lord, but those of blameless ways are his delight. That was Proverbs 16 to 20. 11, 16 to 20. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Tune in next time, guys. Professor Roberts Williams, Doc Singleton, George Epstein, to name a few, the ones that, that would fail you out of the goodness of their hearts. <laughs>
And this may be hard to grasp for some, for some of you right now, but I even considered President Swagger and how negotiating with him was practice for a world that was considerably more cruel and unforgiving than any debate here, one that had no interest in my ideals and beliefs. How would I maneuver through all of this? Finally, I thought of Ali in the middle of the yard, in his elder years, drawing from his victories and his losses. At that moment, I realized something new about this, the greatness of Ali and how he carried his crown. I realized that he was transferring something to me on that day. He was transferring the spirit of the fighter in me. He was, he was transferring the spirit of the fighter to me. He was transferring the spirit of the fighter to me. Sometimes you need to feel the pain and sting of defeat to activate the real passion and purpose that God predestined inside of you. God says in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Graduating class, hear me well on this day. When you, this day when you have reached the hilltop and you are deciding on, on next jobs, next steps, careers, further education, you would rather find purpose than a job or a career. Purpose crosses disciplines. Purpose is an essential element of you. It is the reason you are on the planet at this particular time in history. Your very existence is wrapped up in the things you are here to fulfill. Whatever you choose for a career path, remember the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. When I dare to challenge the system that would relegate us to victims and stereotypes with no clear historical backgrounds, no hopes or talents, when I questioned that method of portrayal, a different path opened up for me. The path to my destiny. When God has something for you, it doesn't matter who stands against it. God will move someone that's holding you back away from a door and put someone there who will open it for you. If it's meant for you, I don't know what your future is, but if you're willing to take the harder way, the more complicated one, the one with more failures at first than successes, the one that has ultimately proven to have more meaning, more victory, more glory, then you will not regret it. Now, this is your time. <laughs> the light of new realization shines on you today. Howard's legacy is not wrapped up in the money that you will make, but the challenges that you choose.